I think that decided to invest in a put money. Yeah. Well, I think our position should be you need both. This isn't an either yeah. or. Fair, fair, fair. You need to fill both of them up. Today we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just punched that. And you do need right both. into my face. Right. You can't. Yeah, not. Of course. You can't not. Yeah. You have to have both. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we give you the tools to repair your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. We sure do. Cheers, gentlemen. What did you bring us? Yeah, thank well, you for the... Uh... Over the uh, holiday Cheers. season, I was over in the Czech Republic watching the World Junior Hockey Championships, and I brought us back a Radagast 12. And this is all the way from Czech Republic. This, this is, is all the way from cool. Czech Republic. That's how Cheers. they say 12 in uh, Czech? Well, let's not pretend like I knew a word of Czech. <laughs> you have a pretty good Eastern European like pretend accent, though. I do, yeah. But they weren't. They didn't find it funny over there. <laughs> interestingly enough. Well, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for the so libation. The best thing about this beer was when you get to the arena. Not only were arena beers maybe two dollars conversion. Yeah. But instead of pouring them one at a time, like us North American idiots, <laughs> they had a six-cup rack that they would load into a machine. It would lift up all of the cups, tilt them to pour the perfect beer, and then put, bring it back down and set it down, and six beers get poured at a time automatically. We are importing that. In the Radagast machine. We are machine. importing that it for was, every arena in Canada. It was amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was great. Huh. Right on. But they didn't have any better beer, hey? Uh, no, you it's... know, what's funny is somebody told me and I had not tried this. They told me that this is what I needed to bring home because it was the best. <sighs> mm. And I'm not sure that that's true. <sighs> it's going to be hard to find something to compare this to here uh, in the West coast. It's, it's not hoppy. No, it's malty. Very malty. Yeah. Very, very, very malty. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening to the FI Garage, the money mechanic here with you tonight. The economist. Well. And the accountant. And tonight we are going to. What are we going to do? We're going to scratch the surface. We're going to have to. We're going to have to do our oblig, obligatory RSP That's discussion. The correct word. That is the yes. word you were looking for. I almost struggled with it. You, well, you, got, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> did but, Did you do the? You read the script thing. Yeah, I did it. You've done it so many times. It just. I read it. Yeah. Wow. Good we didn't you. even make a joke about it. Uh, wow. Slid that one in. But really we're going to have long. a... I think we need to look at RSPs from the FI perspective because it is slightly different right. angle I would agree. to it from from the people that aren't focused on sort of an, an early retirement strategy or, or reaching financial independence. So we're going to get into that in a minute after our useful tool for this episode. And this one was submitted by uh, one of our listeners, which is really? much appreciated. Yes, nice. it was. Ben sent us this one. And it is spaceishare.com. Space I Share. Just as it said, it's space with the letter I in between, spaceishare.com. And this is a Canadian tech startup from Ontario. It's been around for a couple years. Um, first, I'd heard of it. And it's pretty cool. So just basically describe what it is for you. It basically is, um, what should I call it? It's use your space right how does i spoke okay, let me read this it's an it'd be Airbnb. much be better if i read it than just trying to make yeah it. essentially it air, oh, oh wow wow look he's, he's getting he's really fired up over his, there right? uh, Jeez, useful tool that he man. just learned about today well when you guys start showing up with useful tools you can run this part <laughs> okay it says welcome to space i share an online community where people can go to share storage parking and more 
Our goal is to connect people who need space with people who have space, all in a safe, trusted, and reliable environment. So it's the Airbnb of parking and storage. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's there's a real nice map. It's it's the tech build out of the website's really nice to use. I, I kind of, I had a chance to play with it a little bit today. And basically, yeah, the accountant and I were talking about it. He's got some space in his driveway during the daytime. Right. So, yeah. You I list it. Rent it out. 50 rent bucks a, a month. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. And you can set your own terms. Right? right. And it might be, you know, I have some, when we're not using the FI garage, we've got some space in there. Maybe I'll put up some racks. And, you know, the, you, the kind of the options up to you is the person who has the space. I, I saw one on there was just a crawl space. Huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I think How it's a great. studio space? For us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, could you rent out the Can FI we... Garage studio setup? Well, you know what? That's not a terrible idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Rent out the studio space. Anybody that wants to start a new podcast, they have to bring us beer and live yeah. in Victoria. But we'll <laughs> hey, talk. Works. We'll talk. Yeah. But I we think have this interesting is... terms. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just beer. Uh, I thought it was an interesting and useful uh, app or tool because many of us in the FI community are looking for other ways to monetize things that aren't easily monetized and maybe some people don't want to house hack and have a roommate right. or things like that but, but i mean it's another way to generate money right exactly it's another income generation with, tool with the space you're not using yeah yeah and it looks to me like their business model is like you said fairly like airbnb is you list your space for a hundred dollars a month the renter pays you a hundred dollars a month and then they they cover the renter will cover that whatever surcharge right. is deemed for space i share for them to make their money so right Pretty cool. Always good to support a you know Canadian startup, and uh, yeah, yeah. If I can convince the wife to list the driveway, I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, I've, I I hate that my backyard is completely underutilized. I if I'd ha if I had street access or something back there, I'd definitely be considering the garden suite like you are. But even to this, looking at this, going, well, if I put in a ten by ten shed that's dry and maybe right. even got some heat in it or whatever, yeah. hey, what can I rent ten by ten for? Yeah, hundred bucks a month. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, right. So it's not make really your gonna... own use storage space make in, my in own your house. Store. Essentially, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure my wife is going to be thrilled yeah. about having strangers. Why not? <laughs> walking into your backyard. But you know, you set the terms, and that's the kind of right. a nice thing here, right? Yeah. So you obviously have the ability to refuse right service. So right. Yeah. Hey, potential to make money. That's what we're looking looking for, right? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you mentioned that a listener gave you that uh, mm -hmm. useful tool. Um, I was on the. Uh, the Apple podcast earlier today. Oh, yes. And I noticed we had a new uh, listener comment. So I figured I'd throw this right in here after you brought it up. So this listener just wanted to know why we don't have an email to submit questions to. So we do have that. Oh, we do. Do we? What do you want it to be? I mean, we have an admin. I mean, we, we, we have admin at FI Garage, of but, course. But we also all have our own individual y emails. You're right. We do. Should we, should we christen the... A suggestions email right now no i just think we should tell people that if, if they email one of us with a question usually we talk about it right so and yes you, you we are email them back economist at figarage.ca i'm accountant at figarage.ca yeah i think i'm just i think i might be money dot mechanic oh jeez uh, doesn't <laughs> even know his own email wow wow you uh, should probably just stick to emailing me or the economist yes the mechanic has no idea what he's doing yeah when you're dealing with a couple podcasts and a couple other things there's a lot of email addresses floating around well there you go all right moving on you to the mechanic no <laughs> no you're not <laughs> it's not like you guys ever email no. me on it either we're yeah. just going to start handing out your personal email. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I am just, you're correct. I am mechanic at 
figarage.ca. So you can't get a hold of us, but we might consider making a new dedicated show suggestion email or something like that or feedback. We should maybe, feedback maybe. I'm not going to say we're super web savvy, but maybe we have like a, a contact us and it just sends an email directly to us on the website. Oh, yeah. We could do a page where you just fill out a form on the page. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get our millennial on that. Oh, that's a, I clearly don't know how to do that. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about? Uh, RRSPs, are we not? Oh, you're the accountant. You're, you're, you're the stoked, one that eh? yeah, uh, you're the one that gives everybody a hard time. Like you, being you, the accountants, give everybody a hard time this time of year. Get no, your money into don't RRSPs. lump me in with them. It's. I thought you loved it when we called it RRSP season. Oh, that drives me insane. <laughs> you should be investing all year long, not just one time a year. Well, I thought the important part of this discussion tonight was to try and keep the focus from the FI perspective. I would agree. Because if we just talk about, like, you can look up a million different pages and podcasts about personal finance and RRSPs. Yeah. Right. But let's just keep our angle tighter, focused on, for those of us that are aiming for FI or FIRE, Yeah. what does that RRSP mean for us? I think we, we have an advantage because we're going to have some non-earning years where we're not qualifying for any of our pensions yet. Totally Government agree. pensions. So we're going to be able to withdraw our RSP money at very low tax rates. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And and I think the advantage there is you also, if you are retired early, or I hate saying retired early, if you are doing other things early that are not necessarily making you money, yeah. you have more years to draw down at your minimums you know, just your personal exemption, pull that out of the RRSP, works out being tax-free if you're below your personal exemption. There you go. You can have no taxable income and slowly draw down your RRSP right. without causing a big tax burden. Well, a lot of the discussion focuses around you want to use your RRSPs when you're in the highest earning years for the maximum tax deduction and the basic underlying premise is that you're going to be in lower tax years when you use them. And we can definitively say that we will be in lower tax years when we use them. Right. So, it's important to, plan, to, right? to factor that in. I think but it's an important part. I don't know if you can definitively say that because if you're somebody who's gotten to FI through rental properties, that's a fair maybe point. in later years you pay off your mortgage and you don't have the same interest deduction you used to have and you end up being at a higher tax rate right. and it's not as advantageous to have had money in RRSPs. But, right. at, but at that point, you're talking, you're still, then you're generating inc rental income. Yes. So it's a good problem to have at that point. Well, it's not a bad problem to have, but in terms of planning, it's not optimal. Are you optimal. talking about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Okay, well, tell us about your RSP planning then. My RSP planning, I'm, I'm also somebody who's under the belief if you are in a bottom, if you are under 25% tax bracket, don't contribute to your RSP. Okay. Wait until you are above that tax bracket and make contributions. Okay. And being somebody that's in real estate... I often have the odd year where I sell a property and have a large amount of income that I have to bring into my income on top of my regular salary in terms of capital gains. Right. So I personally don't generally contribute to my RRSP, let the RRSP room build up. And then if I have a $50,000 gain on selling a property, I'll make a $50,000 contribution from that property to completely right. eliminate the tax from the sale. See, not, that's an interesting strategy because most, like you just said at the beginning, is you should be paying into it at, all the time. But from you've, you've planned it out, which makes sense. But knowing that you're going to have some capital gains at random times, it's great to have that space available for you. Exactly. To be very tax advantageous at that time. Yeah. Interesting. I think because 
you're also an accountant and I think a lot of professions are similar where the early years of your profession you're not you're earning okay money but, but not nearly what you're going to earn later in your career. Well, and I mean if we look at, you know, like the salary tax brackets in BC, you until you're over $83,451 a year as of 2019, you're under 30% tax. Like that's right. when you hit the 31% tax bracket. Right. And I really feel like at that point is when RRSP contributions start to become meaningful. Yeah. Right. You're getting 30 bucks for every $100 you put in. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're making less than 40K, you know, you're, on, you're only getting a 20% deduction. Mm -hmm. So I would really say, especially if you're in an upward career trajectory, wait until you hit those higher earning years and really take advantage of it then. Mm -hmm. Or if you're going with a real estate investing strategy where you're going to have potential capital gains down the road yeah or or higher income years as even if your own base salary doesn't go up or it peaks you may now also be generating rental income on top of that yeah which it's interesting you mentioned that because perhaps people are setting up for post fi to have rental income as part of their monthly expenditures that that's how they're running their cash flow well in the last few years or five years that you're working you're already building those assets up but it's coming into your personal accounts before you need to draw it and so having that room at the end will be would be really advantageous i'm not sure i follow am i missing the did i miss the point there i think did you follow no i got what he was saying well could, could you he's he's saying having you know because you're going to max out on the amount of room you can have each year right so if every year you max out your rrsp and you have a big windfall that is taxable well then you've got no room you can't offset that and you're going to have to pay all high rate tax on it right so having, especially if you're in a strategy where, you know, potentially one day down the road, you're going to have to include $250,000 capital gain in income. Yeah. Well, half of that's going to be taxable. That's 125000 That right there puts you into the highest possible tax bracket. Right. So you could save 40% on that you by having some. If RSP you had or, the room yeah. sitting around for it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it takes a little foresight and obviously there's the risk that that return might never come along. Totally. Yeah. But. I like having it there to offset potentially having to pay a huge chunk of tax. Now, you only get more RSP room if you have employment income? Earned income, yeah. Earned income. So business income would count? If you're self-employed, yes. Okay. It has to be basically T4 income. Well, Rental well, income doesn't count. Rental income doesn't count. No. But no, I, no earned income. Earned but professional income. income counts. Yes. Yeah. I think we should be pretty clear and just baseline this that we can all agree that you probably need to max out your RRSP and max out your TFSA with investments unless you have figured out another passive income stream that supports your expenses, right? But for the majority of people that, you know, I follow along with and I read about in the community, there isn't the discussion can be which one first, but that's going to be determined by your earnings. But I think we should all just accept that we need to fill them both. Yeah. yeah, paper investment base. Yeah, if you're paper investment, you got to fill them both. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think another important part of that, though, is having a good drawdown strategy. Right. I just want to jump in. Yeah. It's probably true, fill them both, but there's probably some people out there where it's not advantageous to put money into your RSP ever. If you're a low earner. You want to go with a non-registered account? Yeah, I mean, it's worth thinking about it's worth looking at the numbers for sure you don't think the tax-free growth within the rsp outstrips that yeah that's a good point i mean let's say we're looking at a 15-year yeah. timeline minimum right 
And also, if you're if you're low income earner who's going to have zero earning years, then absolutely, mm-hmm. right. But if if your plan, if you also have, say, rental income, yeah, we should know. also point out that all of this is irrelevant if your employer offers an RRSP match. Get the match every get time. The match. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This absolutely. is not a. Get the this match. is not something you're yeah. discussing. If you can get a match on your RSP, you absolutely contribute and get the for match. Sure. Yeah. And we should also say this is for entertainment purposes only. only. Yeah. It's just our opinion. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we are not licensed advisors. We like to drink beer. Absolutely. And sit in the garage and talk about money. Yes. Yeah. With microphones. <laughs> Either you guys uh, change your take-home pay with the automatic RSP contributions. Um, I don't quite get what you mean by that. Well, if you're an employee, you can, if you're an employee and you have, uh, uh he really wanted to talk about this form, didn't he? Yeah. It's, he really it's great. Likes it. <laughs> okay. No, no. I want to hear is. this actually. Yeah. It's great. You, and you make a monthly contribution to quest trade or, uh, well, simple into an RRSP account. You have to send an email to your broker and say, I want a letter that says, I make a monthly contribution to my RSP account. And then you can send that letter into uh, the CRA. Using Form T-1213. Yes, thank you. I can't believe you have that all memorized as an account. That's impressive. That's Uh, pretty good. I have a lot of (laughs) annoying things in my head. So you send the form to CRA, yeah? They send you a letter. You take your letter to payroll. Yeah. And they reduce your taxable income. So the whole point of this being is you get going to have more take home from your employer every right. month because every month. that tax deduction is going to be applied that month. Exactly. Not, not going to get year. a huge lump sum uh, refund at the end of the year, but you'll have more money every month to invest. So you're investing in January where instead of waiting for your refund the following April. The, yeah. Yeah. The more I think about this, this is actually a really, really good strategy. And I don't know if it applies as much for people in or working on FI because I think everybody's really scratching to get every dollar in there as well. But I like the way you're saying is that money's getting put to work right away. Exactly. Rather than waiting. And I think it does apply to people in FI more than the general population. I think more so. Because they are. They're probably making monthly contributions. Yeah. And not waiting till this time of year. They're cognizant of their tax situation, financial situation. That's a great idea. So you get you, you don't have to wait till your April to put your refund to work. Time in the market, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is a good one. We're going to have to come up with a name for this strategy. Oh, that the Well, I I've, I've the honestly garage maneuver? the garage maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> the economist is going to be writing the book soon on the garage maneuver. <laughs> the garage maneuver. <laughs> that usually involves a lot more beer than this. Yeah, right. <laughs> generally okay so let's summarize that because i think that's pretty actionable actually if you have set up to make scheduled monthly deposits into a i mean the brokerage doesn't matter doesn't matter any rrsp i mean it could just go into cash at that point it doesn't even have to be invested really no it just has to go into the rrsp right but let's like take it a step further and say well you'd like to put in 500 dollars a month Mm-hmm. But you can only come up with four. Exactly. This will get you to five. It'll get you to five. It could. It could. could. I mean, yeah. let's. I mean, we're not doing a, no. a case study yeah. here, but it'll it'll increase what you can put in every month because you're not waiting for it to come back. That's right. In April, when you get your tax return. Yeah, exactly. So you get a letter from your RRSP, whoever it administers sounds, it. Sounds like a little bit of legwork, but all of these little strategies are exactly. a little bit of upfront work to get but, set up. And when we're saying a little bit, it's a little bit. It is. It's it maybe. Yeah. I mean, if you get to five hours, you're, whoa, 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not much, but it is an every year task. Yes. Oh, it, you got to redo it every year. Redo it every year. Okay. Yeah. All right. So really, the the big gain of that is that you're able to dollar cost average more into your investments over time. Yeah. I mean, a tax refund is just an interest-free loan to the government. Exactly. Which is yeah. the worst thing in the world. Right. Yeah. So you're. It's a step you can take to eliminate providing the government with an interest-free loan and earn interest off your own money. That's yeah, I like it. All right, well, yeah, yeah. that'll be in the show notes. The economist will make sure he gets the right links in there for you. And the uh, the garage maneuver is born. <laughs> the garage maneuver. <laughs> this isn't so bad, you know. This beer it improves after the first yeah. couple. You know, sips. the first couple sips were like extra old stock, like when you stole one of your dad's beers when yeah. you're like sixteen. Yeah, it was. A Remember what extra old stock tastes like? Not good, and that kind of no. like had. I, I have. Uh, or like Molson Ice. You remember those ones? Those ice oh. beers? Like what is the percentage of this stuff? It tastes like it's like 14%. It's probably 12%. That's the only number I see. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> yeah. They, they totally lied by putting a picture of a couple hops on there. <laughs> yeah. Sesky people. Oh, well. That's why I just drank Czechvar when I was there. Bud, yeah, I did. I Budweisen. drank a lot of Czechvar. Yeah. yeah, Budweisen. Ostravar as Ostravar, well. Ostravar, yeah. Mm. All right, what else about the RSP? Well, you know, one of the things that always gets talked about is what to hold in that account. Right. right. Okay. So we don't have to go into a big deep dive on this because they do enough of that on the rational reminder and they do a much better job than we do. But hold your U.S. US equities. Equities. If you, if you if have, you have equ- equities. Yeah. But there's a seems to be a bit of confusion too because if you're holding a Canadian-based ETF that has S&P exposure. Right. Uh, if you have an S&P index that's traded on the Toronto Canadian Stock Exchange, Exchange, yeah, the withholding tax of 15%, yeah. just of the dividends, yeah. is baked into that. Doesn't matter what account you hold that in. Exactly. Right. There seems to be a misunderstanding with that, right? Yep. And then all of a sudden you get everybody going, well, then I better buy VTI and buy it straight through the U.S. market. Right, well, buy the U.S. index. Buy the U.S. index. Okay, well, yeah, you want to do this in your RSP. And I'm not here to say it's not worth it, but... You need to be into six figures for it to be worth it. Yeah, probably. And one thing that nobody's ever answered me, and this is just a question, because I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but what about the currency risk with that? Well, that's a whole other question, right? Like, yeah. say I put in, say just use an easy number, right? Say it's $100 today that I use Norbert's Gambit that we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about before, and that becomes U.S. dollars. Um, and let's just, for numbers, say it's, now it's worth $80 U.S., which is close to where we're at, right? Yeah. And I buy VTI and now I have an S&P investment and that's fantastic. And it yeah. grows over the next 10 years. And then when I want to exchange it back to Canadian dollars, because we live in yeah. Canada and have to spend Canadian dollars, right. the it's now it's only 75 cents for every 100 Canadian. Well, I'm going to argue or take the other side of the argument. And for, for me, it's actually a currency hedge because I know I'm going to spend sometime in the u.s probably more when i don't have a day job it's only your rsp account you have other investments so if you have some u.s dollars in your rsp account i'll spend u.s dollars during the year assuming you can get u.s dollars yeah out, out of, of it, your rsp which into you, a u.s account yeah, i i've yeah they'll make it canadian when you sell pretty sure yeah pretty sure Interesting. i can't go directly from my U.S. brokerage to my U.S. Well, I was managed. No, well, it got complicated. Because you can deposit U.S. dollars into your U.S. RSP. Yeah, and some of the brokers are different now too. Like Questrade allow you to hold the U.S. listed without. Really? It's a little <laughs> early in the show to start 
putting your two cents in. <laughs> anyway, we're getting a little off track here, but yeah. QuestRate allow you to have VTI as a U.S. listed within your Canadian account. Right. So, but it'll go back to Canadian if you want to withdraw that cash. But I get what you're saying as yeah. somebody who, you know, if you know you spend time yeah. somewhere that is not Canadian dollars, it could make sense to have investments that pay you in those dollars. Right. And then you don't have to worry about exchange rates at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess my point being Even is... Even if you have to go through Canada to get back to the US, you're not losing that much. Well, but, then, but, but I'm also... Then the assumption is that the rates are going to be better then than they are today. They could go either way. Let's just they assume they could go either way, right? But if, well, the dollar's been at par before. Yeah, that's right. No, better, exactly. Right, like yeah. you, that yeah. would be a thirty yeah. percent loss to yeah. your investment. That's my exactly. That's yeah. my point. But, but then, but the thing is, like you're saving you you putting you're giving yourself that exposure and that risk to negate a fifteen percent of the dividend. Right. No, like I let's understand, understand it's fifty. It's yeah. a very unless we're talking six figures, fifteen percent yeah. of a. 2% dividend is a yeah. pretty small oh, for sure. chunk of pie. It's a small sure. chunk of pie for sure. Yeah. But you're exposing yourself to potential currency risk. Right. But going the other way, I mean, maybe it goes, maybe our dollar drops further. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, both no, are I, possible. Both are totally possible. Right. But I'm I just know, saying people should understand there's more layers than just going, sure, I'm just going to go buy VTI yeah. because it makes more sense for me to save yeah, 15% not, on a 2% dividend not, of $1,000, yeah. which is sweet F all. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's not I, black and I white. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind having some US dollars in my portfolio. Yeah, I'll agree with that too. Yeah, fair when enough. And I know I'm going to spend some US dollars every year. Yeah, Starbucks has been fantastic <laughs> and not the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you go every morning for your latte, don't you? <laughs> Do you want to start the latte factor discussion? <laughs> I think that's for another show. <laughs> All right, what else about RSPs are important to the FI journey? What about home buyer's plan? I don't love it. I used it. Did you? Yeah. I mean, it's there. It's I, available. I needed you. I needed it to get yeah. to 20%. That, yeah, right? I can like, understand it, that. It was delay for another year. This or, sounds like we're getting into the rent versus buy discussion. No, that's for another episode too. <laughs> yeah. But no, for people that are on the path to FI and some for some people, home ownership is a really important factor. Yeah. yeah. So if it's the opportunity to get to 20%, then I think it's warranted. But right. the lot of the conventional wisdom is that you should never touch that because they give you 15 years to pay that back. Well, if you're on the path to FI, that means you haven't paid it back by the time you're FI. Well, that, the numbers won't work for you if that's the case, right, basically. Right. Yeah. But So you're saying for someone on FI, it makes more sense. Well, I don't know. We'd have to get into the discussion of whether rent right, versus yeah, buy makes yeah. more sense. But for, uh, I, I think from my point of view is to get the 20% yeah. financially makes a, a better decision to at that point if you chose buying. Well, yeah, because you avoid having yeah. an insured yeah, no, mortgage, exactly. right? Absolutely. It, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I totally understand that. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's an interesting one because, I mean, a lot of the, like I said, the conventional wisdom is don't touch that money because it's retirement. And that's right. why people advocate for the RSP over the TFSA because it's harder to get that money out. Right. right. You're going to have an instant 25% withholding, which hurts a little more when you're pulling it yes. out. Well, that's that's a good point. We should clarify there are that. No There's penalties. no penalties. <laughs> no. I hate it when we're like, well, we got penalized. You know, there, for is, there is a penalty. Yeah, you got to pay the tax up front. That's no, the penalty. No, no. You can't put it back in. Oh, that's a very good point, too. That's true. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a penalty. But there's no uh, financial penalty to taking it out. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the key things, if especially if you find yourself with a significant RRSP balance, is you need to have a plan on how you're melting that down. Exactly. 
How are you getting that money out? Because if you end up as somebody who I've got this big balance in my RRSP and I've got a ton of rental income and I never need to touch it. And then all of a sudden you're 71 and a half and you have forced withdrawals. Yeah. That could screw your whole tax plan. Like you may have it exactly dialed into the exact level of income you want, paying as little tax as possible. And then your RRSP converts to a RIF. And now you've got a bunch more income every year. Yep. And I mean, first world problem. Oh no, oh, I've totally. got a bunch more income oh, totally. every year. Yeah. But it's well, still I think, something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the, the, lot of the quote unquote problems we talk about <laughs> yeah, in the FI Garage right. are first world problems. Yeah, like, yeah good point. <laughs> like how much we like beer that you delivered to us from around the world. That's a pretty good, what good problem this? to have. What's the logo there? Uh, That's a lion with a bird and he's got like a wrestler's belt on. Yeah. Did you get that in the show note picture? I did get that in the show note picture. Nice. So yeah, meltdown strategy is going to be super important. And there's, I think at that point, you're going to be using non-registered and RSP in in combination if you're just paper assets to come up with the right amount of income each year. And I think we can all agree TFSA should be the last thing you ever touch. Uh, Well, depends what what your... Unless you need to keep your tax lower. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Call an accountant. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you should yeah. probably you call might an need account. to touch your beep, 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 beep. touch your TFSA when you have that big uh, property sale that you have a big capital gain on. Fair. I mean, at the end of the day, you never want to be in the. I mean, it's you do want to be in it because it's over two hundred fourteen thousand. But the highest tax bracket as of last year was over two hundred fourteen thousand. You lose fifty percent. Fifty percent, eh? Where are you getting those numbers from? Uh, taxtips.ca. Nice. All right, we we're gonna give them a little plug, weren't they? Did they're have, they're great. They yeah, always have the, the up, they always have the up to date tax tables for. I the don't know who they are, year. but they're the best. Yep. Yeah. They really are. And they also, I think this is really important. People miss this. They have some really good calculators in the section because I see a lot of questions about, especially if people have been paying in a little bit to their right. RSB all year, they're not they're not really sure of how much more they should con- contribute to get the best optimization. Right. And this was a question I saw recently and. I mean, nobody can give you that information without your numbers, obviously, but you should have a somewhat pretty close idea of what your T4 earnings are going to be for the year. Well, it's all based on your last year's income, isn't it? Well, you'll have a you'll That's have for your assessment. Your room, yeah, you'll have yeah. your assessment, so it'll tell you how much room you have. Yeah, but it'll it's based on the 2019 tax year that we're going to be closing out here soon, right? It's how much your contributions are going to impact your 2019 taxes. This is one thing I. I have to make this point, and I can't believe I haven't said this earlier, but <laughs> if you are on top of things and you figure out what your taxes are now, yeah, let's let's say January, you've got a month yeah. left to contribute, and you're at a 30% tax bracket, and you figure out that you're going to owe the government $1,000, yeah. and you have the means to come up with $3,000 and completely eliminate that tax, would you rather give $1,000 to the government and never <laughs> see it again? <laughs> Or put $3,000 into your RRSP and have no taxes owing. Is this multiple choice? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's only one correct answer. There's yes only no. one answer. And well, it is... Okay, that's, I'm just glad you said that because that's where I was but actually going not... with that. Well, it's where I was going because if you yeah. know what your income is yeah. roughly no, going to be, my, my, my lead-in was to the tap, tax tips website calculator where it actually kind of looks like a tax return, but you don't have to get that detailed. You can right. put in some higher level numbers, like what province you're in. So it does that figuring for you. Yeah. You can put in your, your gross income. And I think you, I think you might put in your income tax, but you don't even have to figure that out. It'll tell you what your percentage or your tax percentage is going to be. Right? Yeah. And you can input in what contributions you've already made to your RRSP. 
and you're going to have a number at the end of it and go, oh no, my income is still whatever it is. Let's call it seventy. What's what do you call it? Number eight? That eighty thousand was a thirty percent bracket. Grand. Yeah, eighty three is the. So oh, my income is still eighty seven. Yeah. Oh, good problem to have. But like you said, maybe I got that other four grand to bump myself sitting down. in my emergency yeah. fund that I can drop in there to save yourself a thousand bucks in taxes. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's a great is, point. This is the other thing that we should probably note because many people don't know this is we have a progressive tax system. So saying <laughs> that you are at a 31% tax rate, yeah. that's only for the income above $83,451. Yes. yes. Anything lower than that is taxed at its marginal tax rate. Yes. A lot of people believe if you go into the higher tax rate, all, all of your income yes. is taxed at the higher tax rate. Yeah. And that is not true. Yeah. Only the income above that threshold is taxed at that higher tax rate. And that's usually my strategy is to find out what my earnings are going to be close. Mm -hmm. So this time of year is when I start figuring it out and going, okay, can I either save that money or do, is it accessible to get myself to that lower, that, that next spot where none of that's where been I don't taxed pay at a higher rate. Anything at a higher rate. Yes, exactly. exactly. So another option for a high earner would be to get your notice of assessment right after you file your taxes and then set up the automatic RSP contributions because you know how much With you're that allowed target. to contribute. With that target. Right. Yeah. After you send in your T12-13. You set up the automatic with or payments. Okay. And then you do the T12-13. That's right. Yeah. You can, we're going to need a couple paragraphs on the uh, garage <laughs> maneuver here. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's yeah. a fairly simple step-by-step, -step, but I mean, it is a step-by-step -step that I think people right. need to read. Yeah. Do you It'll think, be on the show notes. Yeah. Do you think it's a problem for people that, I mean, I'm not going to say that anybody would set up automatic withdrawals and then have to stop them, but it's possible that through life circumstances, you'd have to stop them. And then at the end of the year, you could run into a financial problem because now you owe some taxes. True. Absolutely. Just saying it's going to come down to yeah. some discipline. and You might want to tell your payroll at that time. Hey, yeah, I think if, hey, you, if you stopped your RSP contributions, you immediately go to your payroll and yeah. tell them to put right. you back to normal. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we've had that discussion so many times on the show is like, you know, finance is personal and life happens. So That's right. Stay yeah. on top of things. Yeah. yeah. So I did come across an article in Money Sense that uh, it's almost a year old now, but I thought it was a little relevant because it as does actually talk about somebody retiring early at 45 and they're 27 now in this, I think, well, I don't know if it's a hypothetical example or not, but anyway, regardless, there was a misconception in this article that you couldn't withdraw your RSP before 65. That is untrue. Misinformation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it just, it was in, it was in the, the reader's question. Right. Towards the advisor, they end the question. So I just want to dispel that, that you can withdraw an RSP the day after you put it in there, Absolutely. if you want. Absolutely. You could withdraw every penny you have in there yeah. tomorrow, if you so want. Let's just be clear on that. Yeah. And yeah. The, there's no penalty. No. No. But you will pay withholding tax depending on the amount you withdraw. And also important, you will never have that contribution room again. Not yes. like a TFSA. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, just important things to know. And we didn't get into, you know, we did talk about what you should hold in there as far as being U.S.-based securities, if you have them, or also interest-paying yeah. bonds yeah. or things yeah, like we that. Didn't really, right? We didn't really. We didn't really. kind of stopped at the U.S.-based. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. yeah. So what else? Uh, you I want anything, I mean, interest is taxed at your highest possible tax rate. Mm -hmm. So right. that would be, you know, if you have, let's say you have a, 60 40 portfolio i would put your 40 in 40 interest bonds. bearing 40 bonds in an rrsp 
But here's another thing, and I'm absolutely stealing this from the rational reminder guys because they're way <laughs> smarter than me. You have to remember that your asset allocation, if you have 40% bonds in your RRSP and 60% stocks elsewhere, it's not actually 40-60 right. because the 40% sitting in your RRSP is subject to tax. It's not actually. So if you actually liquidate it and pull it out, it's not actually worth what it's worth on the surface right. in that account. And that's another FI kind of RSP thing. Consideration. It's yeah. considering what, if you've figured out what you want your asset allocation to be, Yeah. if all of that one type of allocation is sitting in your RSP, yeah. you need to discount it because you're going to be subject to tax on it. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. Right? Like if you've got all of your stocks in your tax-free savings account and all of your bonds in your RSP yeah. and it's 60-40, yeah. well, all of your stocks are tax-free, but your bonds are subject to tax. So it's not actually 60-40 because whatever your tax rate is, you're going to lose the tax on those bonds. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That wasn't exactly where I was going. I was going if you have 600 k in equities between your TFSA and cash accounts and 400 grand in bonds in your RSP, your net worth is not a million dollars. Well, that's also true. Because you owe tax on that 400000 <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's yeah. getting a little hard to calculate. You're going to really throw people off when they want to calculate their savings rate and net worth when you tell them they've got to factor in the potential taxes on that's that. That's the truth. Well, you're an economist. You understand that. Yeah. But no, that, that's, a, that's a fair point. And I think my... Um, my comment on that would be that using all, because I think I personally believe that most of us will be into all three accounts. Absolutely. You know, at TFSA, RSP, and a non-registered when we get to FI, unless sure. we're like the accountant or other real estate investors that have generated that. Anyway, or somebody who owns their own business, yeah, or, yeah. you know, exactly. website or something. But the point I wanted to make was that it's really important to have a holistic approach to all those accounts for your portfolio allocation. Yes. It's too easy at the beginning to get wrapped up in having things separated, whereas later on, higher dollar values, you're not going to want to be shuffling a whole bunch of stuff around. Try and yeah. build it out so that they are re they are all representative of the greater whole that you want to hold. Yeah. So I think that's something important that you're contributing monthly and you're working really hard and you've got lots of savings. But if you're not paying attention to the gradual growth of those different right. accounts, you know, I got caught a little caught out going, Huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna move some things around here. It's not yeah. quite the way it should look. So yeah, there was a good I'll have to find the article. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I thought it I thought it might have been million dollar journey, but if it's not, then it's got a free plug. <laughs> but it, it talks about sort of a holistic approach to the different accounts. So there you go. I'm sure there's more because RSPs seem to be an analyst debate. Yes. And yes, I, there really is no debate. I mean they work they work if you use them properly and, and no when to draw them down and and i mean really you should be aiming to max all of your tax sheltered accounts mm -hmm. so do that yes and max your cash account just max everything yeah just max it all just accept your credit card yeah, yeah except <laughs> your credit card okay well that's one we didn't even talk about was boring oh to yeah. buy rsps right anything any parting words on that yeah i don't love it i don't love it either because it's not tax deductible it's interest. Not tax it's not deductible tax deductible interest. interest. It's yeah. bad debt. Yeah. Yeah. By by the word of what debt is, it's yeah. bad debt because you can't That's deduct right. it. Yeah. You know, and then it, what it does is it puts you behind because now you're basically making your uh, your uh, RSP contributions all year long in the form of a debt repayment. Yeah. Right. With a premium. So yeah. why not get ahead? Yeah. 
Well, the argument no, is they... why not get ahead, set yeah. up your monthly contributions, yeah. and get the T1213 in, right? You know, we could really go into the nitty-gritty on that because you could say, well, this, the gains are potentially going to outstrip the interest, and but... Yeah, just uh, get ahead of the game. I, I don't like it as a strategy for people in FI because people in FI are good at saving. Right. They're good at setting up automated payments and investments. Yeah, That's you the way to go. To do it. Yeah, yeah. If you don't need to do it. You might need to, if you just, if you found out about FI at Christmas, Yeah. don't bother with the loan. But that's the only time when you might need it. Just get it started. Just yeah. get it started. Yeah. Just get, get it, it started. Agreed. Get it started. Get it working. Yeah. Because yeah. what I found is once you have a good system, when you get to this time of year, you don't do anything different. Exactly. You no. do what we talked about. Yeah. Do a little analysis and say, hey, if I can, you know, scratch up another two grand, that's going to be advantageous this year. It'll come out of my emergency fund or whatever, but don't borrow to do it. Yeah. No, I agree. That, that's our position anyway. But yeah. Do what's right for you. Radis Gustad, thank you very much for bringing them. Thank you, accountant. Cheers. And we're going to try, well, this is a one and a half beer, so we're not doing a two beer episode. Well, no, next time you're in the Czech Republic, (laughs) check out the Radagast. All right, well, we're going to have a new email address. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, you can reach us at economist at figarage.ca, mechanic at figarage.ca, or accountant. At figarage.ca. But we'll do like a a feedback. You can leave comments on figarage.ca. Yes. You can leave comments on the Apple Podcast app. Yeah. And you can also ask us questions on Twitter, and we you will can, probably talk about them. You can tweet us. Yeah. You can also Facebook us, right? I don't have Facebook. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, he's got The Facebook. mechanic is basically the only one that watches uh, Right. Watches over yeah. Facebook. I, th- I think that's that. <laughs> We're easy to find if you go to the website. Yes. There you go. Go to yeah. the website, and then you can reach us, and we will reply. Yeah. He really looks like he's looking for the last thing to yeah, say. Yeah, he's like really struggling over there. Yeah. He's clicking away frantically. Yeah. We're not quite sure what he's after, especially <laughs> because we, and we haven't even mentioned this. He has got a broken hand, so he's pecking with one finger <laughs> oh, on the brutal. keyboard trying to make things happen. <laughs> At least I have an excuse for not writing blog posts. <laughs> okay, the last comment I wanted to make was because since we were talking about comments and that, I wanted to shout out to our friend, the expat from overseas who yeah. we interviewed. He, him and I still keep in touch on email and we were chatting here at the beginning of the year and he said p.s at what point are you guys going to reveal that the economist is actually slater from dazed and confused (laughs) (laughs) love it yeah so if you don't know who that is you're gonna have to go watch dazed and confused and i'm just gonna leave it at that make make your own (laughs) make your own assessment (laughs) do we have anything exciting happening soon it's like he's leading us with that yeah well we do have an interview on wednesday We'll be drinking. Uh, we'll be drinking red truck IPAs. Red truck IPAs. Episode. Yes, we yes. will. Nice. Anybody that's read the book will know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Fi Garage. Reach out and keep in touch. Ciao. Until next time. Bye.